I have a feeling that many of you have in your closets at home what I have in my closet as well. Beautiful, wonderful, comfortable, inspiring t-shirts and sweatshirts uh, with the label, Life is Good. And on top of that, maybe you have baseball caps or dog leashes or uh, even a, a really neat little book called Life is Good, Simple Words from Jake and Rocket. This is an extraordinarily successful company uh, created and run by two brothers, Bert and John Jacobs. And uh, the whole idea behind the, the, the marvelous products which they create is to spread the power of optimism. And they do that uh, in all kinds of different ways. And uh, one of the best things about the company Life is Good is that they do so many things to make the world a better place. Uh, not only donating 10% of their profits right off the top to some very, very worthy charities, but uh, also in uh, the way that they conduct their business and interact with their customers, they are doing so much good. They have a book called Life is Good, the book, How to Live with Purpose and Enjoy the Ride, in which they lay out not only uh, the, the lives of optimism, which they have lived and where that optimistic spirit came from, but also lay out for us, the readers, 10 different superpowers which uh, aid them in, in living the lives that they do. And uh, it's an absolutely terrific book. I already plan to get several of them and share them as gifts. It's not often I say that so blatantly over the air, but I have no hesitancy in saying it about this book called Life is Good. And I'm thrilled to be able to speak with Bert and John Jacobs, the founders of Life is Good and the co-authors of this absolutely terrific book. Bert and John Jacobs, we hey, welcome thanks, you to the morning show. We really appreciate you having us on. Happy to be thanks, talking Greg. to you. Really happy to be talking to you. Let's... Uh, I wish we had more time to be able to talk about something that's really delicious in your book, which is your account of your childhood, which you call our perfectly imperfect childhood, in which you say uh, your folks have bitten off a lot by trying to raise a family of six kids on a slim salary. A familiar story, I'm sure, to a lot of people. One of the things you say, though, is your mom was the first powerful optimist in your lives. Tell our listeners some of the ways in which that powerful optimism was lived out and, and made such a deep impression on you. Yeah, there were really, you know, every family faces challenges, and there were really two major factors um, that the, in our childhood that were challenging. One was uh, economics and maybe too many kids and not enough money. Uh, and the other was that our parents had a near-death car accident when we were in grade school. And our mom uh, had a seatbelt on and so uh, survived with only broken bones. Dad almost died and ended up using losing the, the use of his uh, right arm. And um, it, it, he, he became heavily depressed, and uh, yelling and screaming in the household became a daily soundtrack. And that was extremely challenging, but our mom was the one that really kept the family together. And she did so by focusing on what was right rather than what was wrong. So she had a tradition at the dinner table where she looked around and said to all of us, tell me something good that happened today. And as simple as that request was, it changed the energy in the house. So, you know, years later as adults, when we kind of landed on our feet um, and started selling T-shirts, it, 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 it became a huge factor in, um, you know, sort of 
funneling us towards a more optimistic message, with, which ended up being life is good. So um, uh, our mom really was a, the first powerful optimist in our lives, taught us a lot, and was the inspiration for life is good. Hmm. And we'll talk a little more about her story bef- before we're done. Uh, Explain to our listeners how and why you first got the idea of trying to make your living selling T-shirts. It, it sounds like there were a couple of different things at play in your mind, and, and we're talking about your first efforts before you ultimately founded this incredibly successful company. But in the early going with that really modest beginning, um, what was at the heart of, of choosing that as uh, what you hoped would be a path to success? I think we felt uh, T-shirts were a great canvas for messages. We've always liked to write and draw since we were kids. Our mom was an artist, and and I encouraged that sort of thing. And uh, and we also looked at it as an, an accessible way to combine art and business. And we, we were looking as we got to college and talked more and more about what we wanted to do. We didn't really know, but we we thought it would be incredible to be able to create art for a living somehow. And that's that's what led us to T-shirts. And then we just gave it a shot. We uh, went to a screen printer and we we took to the streets of Boston, and then uh, you know bought this used van and started going up and down the East Coast selling in, in college dorms. One of the things I appreciated about your book is you really lay out the uh, tough road that that was. And and I, I mean I I'd heard some relatively vague accounts about how you started really small and and it was not easy in the early going, but. Wow, <laughs> you guys really hit some walls, and uh, uh, a lot of people who were not not at all receptive to what you were doing. And uh, it it seems like uh, this was one of those paths of of great discouragement, and somehow your optimistic spirit survived that. Yeah, I think in, in one way to look at it is it's all we had. You know, we we didn't have money, we didn't have experience, and we really didn't have professional skills. But um, we had a message that, uh, uh, or, or even before life is good, we, we did have the optimism. It, we, we had that, you know, taught to us since we were kids. So, you know, one thing that prevents people from um, starting businesses and taking risks or chasing their dreams is that they're afraid to fail. And one thing that an optimist can do, and it was very powerful to us early on, was we didn't look at days... Um, as failures where we didn't sell any T-shirts. So we could be in the street selling all day and at night uh, in the dormitories and not sell a single T-shirt. And rather than saying we failed today, we would look at it and say we learned today. What did we learn? We didn't sell those shirts for a reason. Either we had the wrong graphic or we had the wrong color or we were in the wrong place at the wrong time. So we can improve based on that. We looked at it as a benefit that we learned and then the next day, you know, of course, you can't have too many of those days in a row. So the next day, you have to make adjustments and get out in the market and do something different. I think, you know, the way you frame things and the way you view the world is very powerful. And that's, that's what optimism is about. A, a pessimist will focus on the obstacles, but an optimist will focus on the opportunities. Hmm. And that's kind of what kept us going in the early days. I love the phrase at one point in the book when you describe these early days as a lot of trial and even more error. <laughs> but at some point... <laughs> We've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> at some point, though, you, you ended up creating this now iconic figure 
uh, known as as Jake. Just briefly describe kind of the moment when that there was that creative spark, and in particular the the person who kind of saw that drawing and said something about it that uh, really kind of drew it all together. Yeah, so this was a big lesson to us that ends up kind of continuing throughout our whole careers with with Life is Good. Um, One conversation while we were traveling in the van was about the fact that the media um, is almost systematic pessimism in that it um, inundates our culture with negative information, always reinforcing what's going wrong in the world. And we wanted to create some symbol that celebrated what's right with the world. So um, J.J. drew Jake with crayon and magic markers, the original character. And uh, when we got back to Boston, we had a tradition of throwing a keg party. We put all of our artwork up on the walls, and a girl who was at the party drew an arrow to Jake and wrote, it didn't say life is good, it didn't say, you know, she just wrote, this guy's got life figured out. And we loved that, but we realized it was too many words. So in the morning, we distilled that into the three words, life is good. And that was it. So, so the lesson, you know, two days later, we sold them in the street. We sold 48 T-shirts in 45 minutes, and it was immediately commercially viable. But the lesson was that we didn't have to come up with it. You know, people will help you, and people will um, come up with ideas for you if you enable them. That, that's, you know, part of why, you know, one of the superpowers is openness. You have to be open to people. So immediately that that girl at that party, she kind of gave it to us without knowing it. We were searching for something, but um, in a sense, she came up with it, you know. And then uh, we we were smart enough to distill it and then to trademark it. And, um, you know, that that continues, as I said. So, like, uh, the retailers then uh, evolved our brand for us. And today it still continues. It's our customer base that's um, building the business with us. And, and I, if, if I could add, you know, the 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 customers that taught us the most were the ones that wrote these incredibly personal stories about going through adversity and, you know, whether it's chemotherapy, losing loved ones, and they would say that optimism helped them, you know, focus on what they should be grateful for, just for having a sandwich, just for having a friend to talk to, just for hanging out with their dog, and these simple pleasures that we often take for granted People that go through tremendous adversity, they have this heightened sense of gratitude. And so to Bert's point, you know, we learn from our friends at the keg party, then the retailers. Then, you know, this deepest message of all was like that life is not perfect. Life is not easy, but life is good. And if, especially if you're able to focus on what's right in your life and the world and grow that good. Mm. Uh, and, that, and that's where these superpowers, uh, you know, we, we call them superpowers, they're they're values that are accessible to everybody, and they all come from our customers. So, you know, you get enough letters from people that are going through really difficult things, and they express that uh, they're so appreciative of what they have in their life that you realize that gratitude is a superpower. Um, you get enough letters from people that say, you know, what they're drawn to about life is good is the simplicity of it. It's, it's childlike. It's so simple. Their, their life is so complex. There's too much information, etc. And they want to just focus on the things that they love. So simplicity to us becomes a superpower. Um, you know, the same is true of creativity, of authenticity, openness, courage. All of these things that are, are kind of timeless, 
But the more, all we had to do was kind of listen to our customer base. And over time, these things showed up so many times over and over that we said, okay, that's it. Those are the things that uh, are enabled by this, um, this thing we call optimism. And maybe the most important thing is that optimism really isn't a soft philosophy. It's a pragmatic strategy for approaching life. And, um, you know, the more we practice it, the more we wake up in the morning and say, okay, you know, how do I focus on what's right in my life rather than what's wrong? That's the things that are going to grow. We're, we're able to put our resources towards making our life uh, happier and more fulfilling. We're speaking with Burton John Jacobs, the founders of the company Life is Good, and we're talking specifically about a really terrific book that has just been published by National Geographic, actually, called Life is Good, The Book. And yes, indeed, the, the, the heart and soul of this book is the array of 10 superpowers, as you call them, that, uh, that, that can uh, be, in a sense, the ingredients to a, a truly optimistic life. When you talk about openness in the first chapter, you talk about two words that are so important, and those words are yes and, uh, saying a quick no stops the flow, yes and lets you build and grow. And that's really a, a way in which uh, you've lived that out uh, in, in the way that you've grown your company. Yeah, you know, that, that phrase originated from improv comedy, and that's the secret to why actors can get on stage and support each other and create a scene out of nothing, nothing but a suggestion. And it, it's amazing to watch live, but you can actually apply it to your everyday personal life, work, I mean, we've all been in meetings where people are afraid to offer new ideas because, uh, you know, the first instinct sometimes is for others to talk about why it won't work. If you flip that and just kind of roll, give, give it a few minutes to breathe and say, yes, I like that, and what if we do this as well? It, the momentum is, like, unstoppable. You can always edit it out at the end of the meeting and decide to go in another direction, but to give ideas a little chance to breathe and grow is mm-hmm. huge. And think about it that in your personal life. Your, your friend wants to take uh, an adult ed class or your spouse or something. Instead of telling them why that doesn't make sense or you're too busy, yes, and maybe you know, I'd love to take that with you, or I've been thinking about taking this class. Any conversation can be aided by that simple phrase. Hmm. The second chapter is devoted to courage, and in this chapter you tell an incredible story about your sister, Alberta, and uh, a, a devastating uh, injury which she suffers while in a skiing accident and her remarkable comeback. It must have been especially touching for you to share this kind of a story which had such a powerful connection to, to the two of you so directly. It was hard, yeah. yeah there, there's, you know, there's... Um you have feelings for a long time. I mean, our sister, it was a, it was a paralyzing ski accident. She'll, uh, immediately following the accident, <clears throat> she was completely paralyzed, unable to move. But um, over time, in our opinion, her courage, her optimism, her openness, and a great team of doctors, um, you know, enabled her uh, recovery. And while her body will never be the same, um, you know, the, the important thing to us is that the, the accident caused her tremendous pain and difficulty in her life, um, but it never took her beautiful smile away, 
um, because she knows that's who she is, you know. And so um, the courage to, to embrace and, and to rehab and to work her way back as best she could um, is a superpower. But, you know, the, the authenticity superpower is there, too, because she kept that smile through, through everything and has been a huge inspiration to us. Um, she asked herself, you know, when she was in the hospital, you know, what, what's her, what are her choices, you know? Um, she, she, she could frown and, uh, you know, it, or, or she could smile. And she said, if I, you know, if the smile is the courageous choice, that's an easy one for me because um, if I get upset, how's that going to affect my family and everybody else? She, you know, she thought about everybody else involved. And um, so she's been just a huge inspiration to us. <laughs> and that, that mental switch went off in the hospital, she said, where she said, I'm going to focus on the progress. So, you know, and every little bit, she wiggled a toe one day. She moved her hands. And, and that was like where she focused all her energy on what was the next step of progress. And that's something we can all learn from. <laughs> I love the quote you have of her at one point saying, every step of the way, I felt lucky. I mean, it's amazing when someone yeah, in the midst of something like that. To this day, she has tremendous challenges, you know, and setbacks. But she says, another one I love that she said is, I don't let it ruin, you know, it's going to ruin my next 10 minutes, but I'm not going to let it ruin my next hour. <laughs> and that's how she looks at these things that would frustrate us all very much because her hands don't work very well and, and she doesn't move around too well. But she does not dwell on that stuff. This hmm. is a real inspiration to us all. I'm sure. Uh, you talk so beautifully about simplicity, the importance of, in your words, chiseling away at the excess and cutting to the core. You quote Thoreau and Leonardo da Vinci saying that uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, which I like so much. I appreciate what you write in one chapter about humor and in another chapter about fun. And about fun, you say that fun is more than just frivolous. It really can make an, an enormous difference. And, and it sounds like you take fun very seriously uh, at Life is Good. I mean, even in terms of, of how you conduct your business, the way your workplace is, is put together, uh, you really are anxious to, to foster that. Yeah, the, yeah the same. We've, we've found that in general, in business, uh, and, and adults in general, we, we tend to get away from that, that superpower of fun, and, you know, um, it's magnetic. It really um, um, draws people in. It's attractive. And we've found that for our staff, uh, they're actually more productive and we're more productive together when we're able to have some fun. So um, we talk about blurring the line between work and play. And, um, you know, this idea of uh, hump day on Wednesday and grinding through your work week and even the phrase work-life balance doesn't make sense to us because, um, you know, by very definition, that would mean that they counter or oppose each other. And, um, and that doesn't make sense. I think the better approach, uh, regardless of what you do for a living, is, you know, find some fun uh, in the week. Find some way to bring fun and bring the things that you love um, to your office, to your work, because the chances are if you're able to do that, you're going to be more passionate about your work. You're going to be uh, more enthusiastic about it, and you're going to attract uh, better, stronger, more talented people because who doesn't want to have some fun? <laughs> And, and as, as, especially as we become adults, that has to be a conscious decision to inject fun. I'm going to bring fun and a certain energy to my coworkers to when I get home from work. And 
um, we find, as Bert said, it's it's unifying and it's and it kind of lifts the whole team and actually makes you more productive. Hmm. In, in addition to making the workplace a lot more enjoyable, you you uh, also talk about compassion, creativity, authenticity. When you talk about dogs, and you end with love, nothing is stronger than love. A beautiful account of the. In the wake of the Boston Marathon, your company is based in Boston and how you responded to that tragedy. And the book ends with an absolutely lovely account of your mother's courageous battle with with cancer and uh, what an inspiration she was to all of you right to the end. Life is good, you say, is the Swiss army knife of gratitude. I want to finish there. Explain that phrase. Life is good is the Swiss army knife of gratitude. Well, it's, it's actually the, the, the phrase that, that we refer to there. It's, it's get to. And um, it was one we picked up from our community. And uh, it's the idea that you don't say, you don't choose to say, I have to go, you know, to a meeting. I have to go grocery shopping. I have to do the laundry. You, you get to go to a meeting because you have a job. You get to do the bills because you have a roof over your head. You get to go grocery shopping because you live in a world of, you know, a land of abundance and you've got eyes to read the labels. I mean, it's, it's a simple one-word switch, but we learned it from our community and it's extremely powerful. We apply it to work and home and we, we do, we feel like it's the Swiss Army knife of gratitude. <laughs> and we get to be on the road right now for 60 days. Um, and and one, one thing we want to enable people to do is help us raise money for kids while, while we're on the road promoting this book. Um, if people hashtag grow the good and tell us something good that happened today, then uh, we're going to donate another dollar to kids who need it. We've, we've raised uh, over $11 million for kids who need it. And uh, we're, we're very ambitious about raising more. So your listeners, just hashtag life is good. Uh, sorry, hashtag grow the good. And uh, for every hashtag, we'll donate another dollar. Wonderful. Think and of that. I mean, that benefits the person writing it because they're focused on thinking about the highlight, just like our mom taught us at the dinner table. And it's benefiting whoever's reading it. You know, mm. they're reading that instead of hearing about the latest disaster. And <laughs> that's, we feel like that's really powerful around the world. Of course. This new book is just terrific, start to finish. Again, it's called Life is Good, The Book, How to Live with Purpose and Enjoy the Ride, published by National Geographic and written by the co-creators of Life is Good, Bert and John Jacobs. Bert and John Jacobs, thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you for creating this terrific book. I am so glad we got to talk about it today. Best wishes to you. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it very much.